What's up, podcast listeners? This is Dr. Bailey, and this is episode 10 of Advance Your Health. Today, we're going to interview and talk with a good friend of mine, Dr. Kenna Brooke. She's a naturopath from episode one and two. If you want to learn more about that, uh, click back a few episodes. Um, they're all worthwhile. This is episode 10. So um, with all the success we've had, we really just want to kind of change it up a little bit and give you guys something different. And this is a sit down between Dr. Ken and I and a couple glasses of wine. So I encourage you, if you want to sit down, have a glass of wine or a cup of coffee, uh, it's early in the morning, just uh, enjoy the conversation. This is going to be a little different format and a little more casual. So I hope you enjoy. What is health? Health, physical health, is homeostasis. Mm-hmm. It's everything in balance. Yeah. It's the nervous system in balance, the immune system in balance. Your, you've got the boundaries that protect you from what's external. You've got your spiritual connection, which is in balance. I mean, balance in homeostasis is health. It's steady state. So yeah, I think balance is the most important thing. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, literally, without balance, you fall over. Yeah. And this is super weird and crazy to think about, but getting into our conversation about breast cancer, I think when you start to live out of balance, you're increasing the risks of all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's almost like you're – so lifestyle is like almost setting your house on fire. And you think about it in this standpoint, if – if you increase the chances of that fire burning your house down and it's only going to take a match, but there's tons of gasoline everywhere and kerosene yeah. and you're, and you're, all your stoves on and there's, there's no, there's no pilot. So it's now going to ignite at any second. Um, I feel like that's the way most people's bodies are. Mm-hmm. And then, and then somebody walks in the room with a match and then they're shocked because it's a day when nothing happened. <clears throat> you know how many times I want to know your, your side of this too. Yeah. I don't know what happened. It just woke up with it. Yeah. What cancer woke up with cancer or woke up with anything? Pain. Pain. So what is your understanding of when you feel pain from cancer? How far along are you? Are you in early stages? Oh gosh, no. Usually you're far beyond a diagnosis before you actually have pain from cancer. Mm. Most cancer. So the pain comes end stage. End. Yeah. So, so define, define end. I mean, it depends on the type of cancer, but you're looking at it's metastatic. It's moved from its original point of origination to another place in the body. So it's been growing for years and years and years. I mean, when a cancer is first detectable, it's been growing in the body for years. Even when it's tiny, a small lump, something even that's not palpable has been growing for years. So when it's gone body-wide, usually, unless it's a very aggressive cancer, it's been 10, 12, 14 years probably growing in the body at that point. And then that's when the pain starts is when it's big enough that it's 
impeding on other functions in the body or pressing against nerves or pressing against places that are creating the pain or in the bones, places where that pain is not really manageable. So how important is like a self-exam with breast cancer? I mean, very important. I think it's important not only for women to know their bodies, but for their partners to know their bodies too. Um, I think it's a man's responsibility in a partnership with a woman to know what her breasts feel like so that when there are changes, that's something that can be pointed out because yeah. it, the, the more you have paying attention, the better. Mm -hmm. Women's The more hands, the better. <laughs> <laughs> and women's bodies change throughout the month. That's the other thing too. And not just throughout the month, but hormonally as women are aging and going through you know, perimenopause and menopause, their breasts are changing already because the hormones are changing, but every month they're changing from week to week because the hormones are changing. And so it's a matter of really like understanding the nuances, but you can't just depend on that either. I mean, you have to, um, you have to do more. I mean, what's palpable is usually already been there. What, um, what was the thermography experience <coughs> like that you had? Yeah, so thermography is really interesting. It's not a lot, it's not considered at this point standard of care. I, I think eventually it will be. I have a lot of colleagues that would disagree with that because that's their go-to in their practice. Yeah. Um, that's out of our scope, but I mean, to be honest, I mean, everybody knows at some point in your life, your risk is increased. Yeah. And early detection. Yeah. Here's the bullshit that I want to just squash right now. Go and get in the breast check. Yeah is not prevention that's yeah. early detection yeah. prevention is i'm living a lifestyle oh, yeah. that is in the on the line and, and turning off my genetic switches not turning them on and then you go and get a colonoscopy and you think yeah you just prevented cancer bullshit you just found it yeah. and you probably found it too late yeah. because you went when it hurt and now all of a sudden you're you're doing what you're literally taking that match a house full of gas and it blows the windows out it blows everything up and now you have to call the fire department and they need to put that shit out. And that's what, and I'm gonna have to plug this because it's through my buddy James, Dr. Chestnut. You know, when you're sick and you go to the hospital, you, you call the fire department just like you would in a house fire. Yeah. And they have to put the fire out. Yeah. But do you call the fire department to come back the next day and rebuild the house? No. Or do you build, do you hire a carpenter and the carpenter is healthcare providers at UI. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to use chiropractic correctly and you want to get the best return on investment, <clears throat> so who, who doesn't love to save money? Use natural naturopathy and chiropractic in your early stages of life. Get into it. And I think the fact is those are the carpenters that come out and check for faulty wires in your house so you don't have a house fire. Absolutely. They're the people that turn the gas burner off when you left it on so you don't blow the house up. Yes. Yes. And that's the prevention piece. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about the thermography and we will get cool. back to that. But I think the prevention is the thing that like we are all exposed to things that can increase our risk of cancer. It's inevitable. We cannot get away from it. But we can make choices to limit our exposure. And I feel like most people are unaware of things. And I also think that our lifestyle of convenience really limits us in um, sometimes making those choices. And so what I tell my patients who, I, I work with a lot of cancer patients, many of them have breast cancer. 
And when you look specifically at breast cancer or really any um, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uh, prostate cancer, these are all like more hormonally based cancers. And so there's a, an even greater, I think, influence with the environment when you're looking at hormonally based cancers. You know, I was here the other day is how many air fresheners and, and, mm -hmm. and smell goods yeah. are um, estrogen dominant. Yeah. And so <clears throat> the ones that you plug in your car. They're endocrine disruptors. Yes. Yes. That's what somebody we was saying. We have so many endocrine, endocrine disruptors in our environment, in our world. All of these artificial things. So endocrine disruptors. Plastics. How I mean, plastics are everywhere. Yeah. Plastics are endocrine disruptors. Holy they in interrupt the entire endocrine you, system, you which is the you, hormone system. You've had a timeline I've been questioning for a long time. That is when, it, when, it, when and why did cancer increase? And when you start looking at the mass, like everyone I see, uh, I'm guilty of it. I drink out of plastic water bottles. Yeah. And you take water, which is a pure source, a purifier, yeah. if we can agree. I mean, it's part of every single chemical reaction in the human body yeah. I'm, that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, and, and yet, <clears throat> when you store it in high temperature, you then have a transfer yeah. of anything in the plastic through the most absorbable liquid on the planet. Yeah. And then you consume massive amounts of it every day. Yes. So I noticed you drink out of glass. Uh -huh. It's pretty smart. Yeah, and so it, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's one of the things. Just even, I mean, I, of course, there are times where you have to drink water, which is your preference, out of plastic bottles. Some water's better than no water. That's true. But what you absolutely don't want to do is when that water heats up in the car in Georgia, in Arizona, wherever it gets sunny, when that water gets heated up in the car and then it cools off and the next day you're 6 a.m. getting in the car and you're thirsty, do not drink that water because that plastic mobilizes into the water and then you drink in the plastic and then that becomes an independent structure. You do not want to microwave in plastic. Same thing. Those plastic molecules actually make their way Molecular changes occur in the microwave. If you're going to use a microwave, make sure you're not using plastic because that mobilizes into the food, then you ingest it, and then again, instructor. So glass, if you're going to use it, um, drink out of glass when you can, as opposed to plastic. Yeah, that's funny. I, I don't have a microwave for a minute, and I didn't miss it. Yeah, it's the only thing I heat up in the microwave is my coffee. And that's just because I don't drink it fast enough. Yeah. Nothing else. Everything else, stovetop. Stovetop or oven to heat. The, um, the exposure that we're talking about is so prevalent in, in all areas of your life. I mean, you yeah. think about, just um, had this conversation the other day about uh, what makes an antiperspirant an antiperspirant. Yeah. Um, I use deodorant because yeah. I don't want to smell funky, but if I sweat, I sweat. My body's trying to get yeah. some toxin. Absolutely. So, I mean, sometimes when I'm, I'm working, it's, it's pretty obvious, but at the same time, um, we were talking about aluminum hydroxide. And when you use aluminum hydroxide, you're just clogging your pores. So back to homeostasis, if your body's trying to cool down or it's trying to at some point detoxify because your skin is your largest detoxifying organ, right? I mean, that's something most people think about. So when I see someone with bad skin, I know there's obviously a lot of detox going on, and that makes a lot of sense why people get acne as teenagers. Because when I clean up my when I clean up my act, and um, so I was really the McDonald's Taco Bell kid. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, if I could go to a fast food joint and get like a burger or tacos, I was like, I was all about it. 
Um, and I, for a minute, <clears throat> I had some pretty bad skin. It was like, you think it's hormones, maybe it is being, you know, that teenage point, whatever. Mix it up. But, you know, it's funny now. I just, like, when I don't eat clean, like, I'll notice small red disturbances in my skin, not necessarily like like a blotch or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I had a couple glasses of wine last night or something, or whatever, you know, I ate some candy, I ate some yeah. cake or something. It's actually the largest excretory organ. So it is the one that really responds and reacts. And when you see people and children who have eczema, and these early allergic responses, these are immune systems that are high, like hyper-functioning oftentimes, and that's what ultimately turns into autoimmune conditions in the in the long run. I, I think the skin is something that is a huge representation of what's happening internally, and you can use your skin and watch your skin to see if you're reacting to something, if you're detoxing from something. Um, your tongue is another place where you can often see a lot of that kind of thing as well. So with breast cancer and, and kind of keeping some of that in the conversation, we talk about thermography. Yeah. It's not a standard of care yet. It's not. So, so basically thermography is really looking at heat, heat in the body. So the theory behind it is that when you have any kind of a metabolic activity in the body, that heat is being produced. And cancer has a very high metabolic rate. So you have an, a higher amount of heat being produced Is around that why cancer, cancer cells versus you said it's high metabolic activity. High metabolic activity. So does that mean that control of growth, metabolic activity, the reason cancer tumors can grow yes. abnormally fast? Yes. So, it's why chemotherapies are designed to attack cells uh, that replicate quickly and frequently because that will affect the cancer cells, but then it affects things like our bone marrow where we make our red and white blood cells that replicates quickly and frequently. Um, skin follicles, <coughs> intestinal tract lining, all of these kinds of things. So that's why you see a lot of the side effects that you see from chemotherapy. That's those same, same So I see from side effects of chemotherapy are people dying. <laughs> um, had this conversation um, building on my, my my secret podcast that will be released uh, secret time of day. <laughs> uh, and, and y'all are gonna love it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. The conversation I had 20 years ago with a gentleman who's a pretty smart guy, um, perfect IQ, photographic memory. One of the people that like scary smart, like you show him, you show him a page and he can memorize it yeah. in seconds. Yeah. Um, he now lives off the grid, and I will definitely not mention his name, but he found parts of the history book where chemotherapy is actually developed by Hitler to kill Jews. So what chemotherapy started is, is a massive way to attack the immune system mm -hmm. and kill the individual mm -hmm. without fire, mm -hmm. without bullets. Mm -hmm. It was the cheapest way to kill people. Wow. So they were able to get this chemical component, and then the manufacturer of that that was hired by Hitler just uh, happened to move to the United States shortly uh, later on prior to chemotherapy being introduced. So his idea, and this comes from somebody who is smarter than me, I mean, genius level, and he said the idea that they introduced chemotherapy was is to weaken the immune system and make, and make us vulnerable but it's back to some deep shit. And, and if you don't want to go down that rabbit hole, that's fine. But 
as a listener, if you're if you're sitting there thinking that the medical community has 100 absolute interest in your health, and yet it's the number three leading cause of death. We talked about this before. I mean, it's cancer, heart disease, or heart disease, cancer, and then um, medical atrogenic type causes, which is your doctors doing the right thing, the right drug, the way they're trained, and the drugs do the job. Yeah. The chemotherapies do the job. So this is the thing that I think needs to be recognized is that there are many medical doctors out there who have the right heart, the right desire, the right intention. They might not have the same education or have the understanding um, of some of the things that we're talking about, but they but they really are intending to help. But the community as a whole, and the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance companies and and many of the healthcare systems oh, I, are I businesses. Blame, I don't blame doctors. I blame the pharmaceutical reps that are training the doctors. Mm -hmm with uh, a false intent, um, knowing many drug reps. Uh, if I got paid handsomely upwards of $200,000 a year, I'd probably say whatever you want me to say anyways. I want you to memorize the script. So so the said individual, I know him really well. Um, we were hanging out one time and he's like, I got I to gotta study. I'm like, we're adults, why are you studying? What's going on? Like, do you have a test tomorrow? He's like, yeah, I have to learn my script for this new drug. Mm -hmm. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, don't you know science? He's like, I want a science background. So you're a pretty salesman mm -hmm. and you just know a script really well and can manipulate people. His trunk was full of meds and it was pretty disgusting. Um, if you ask me, because he would hand them out to people without a medical degree yeah. and they were samples. So it didn't hurt anybody because it wasn't enough to kill you, but it was enough to give you a fact of that drug. Um, yeah. And when people take those drugs who are allergic, it puts them in the shock and it puts them into risk. And that's why you need a medical doctor to prescribe a pill and when you get them on the street, which is another topic we'll talk about in future uh, opioids. Um, but with cancer, I, I honestly think there's so many dollars to be made. The cure doesn't even make sense at this point because they're making a trillion dollars a year. Like we're just going to find ways that, you know, get rid of it quicker, um, but not cure it in the sense of we can cut it out or we can do radar. What is it? Like some radial something. I went through the, the hospital that you work at and you know, first opened and I got the like the grand tour. Um, and I got like one of the head people there was like, this is this cool stuff and that cool stuff. And I was wowed. Yeah. And it's and, and if I had breast, edge, if sure. I had breast cancer, which I hope I never do. I know some males do get yeah. it. I'm not I'm not gonna be yeah. uh, joking about that because mm -hmm. I actually heard of some people in the male population yes. and I was gonna ask you that. Like, do I need to do a self-exam? I mean, is that smart for a guy to do? I mean, I know every guy's looking like the chest, like, is it swollen up? But because <laughs> it went to the gym, but I mean, like, honestly, you know, is that something I need to be conscious of, like under the tissue, under the, the muscle? I mean, where, where would you find it? I mean, it's not super common in men, but it, it does happen. And I have quite a few male patients um, at the hospital I work out with breast cancer. Um, Are they more androgynous by body type? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a person I see yeah. from afar. If they had a, if they had a name and you pat from the yeah, side of the basket, and you're like, is that a guy or a girl? It's, it's interesting. That's a great question, and and it would make sense. But no, and you would think that maybe if it were someone that had higher estrogen levels in general in the body, but it's the same way as it is with women. Some breast cancers are estrogen progesterone positive and reactive, and others are not. Same thing for men with breast cancer. It's just men have breast tissue just like women do. 
it's not usually as active with mammary glands, et cetera, um, because you're not having the hormonal changes in the same way that you are in a woman with the progesterone and the estrogens, but you still do have those in your body as a male. Um, but no, I mean, normally masculine men will sometimes have breast cancer. So it's not a bad idea to do a self-exam. I mean, I, I think I, just, I should really be, you know, familiar with your whole body and not just physically what you can touch and feel, but also really learning how to tap into what's internally happening. You sure. know, as my chiropractor, I've been having hip issues. Like I'm asking myself, when did this start? Why did this start? What, what is it not just physically that I'm doing that's causing this, but is there an emotional component? Is this some trauma or memory that's wanting to be released that I'm holding in? Like, what is it that is causing this change in my physical being that I might need to be aware of? And I think the more you can learn to be in touch with that connection to the mind and the body, the better for anyone in, in early prevention. You know, I'm thinking about the hip because it, um, <laughs> it, it, it makes me wonder there's relationships in the body yeah. and refer pain. Yeah. Um, like what organ is near that specifically? Yeah. So if it were on my right, it would be my appendix, right? Yeah. And, and gallbladder. Mm -hmm. On my left, it would be my spleen. Mm -hmm. um, but also ovaries for a woman in the hip. Got it. So that was my next point. So more of the sexual organs are more in that hip region. And then, then for me, like the, the feminine side is the left side, the masculine side is the right side. And so is what, what's happening in my relationships with men, with my father, with my, you know, significant others. Like, is there something there that's got some play in this in addition to the fact that it is and it's in my second chakra. It is in the, the sexual organs. Maybe it's related to that. Maybe it's not, but it's something that consider and also I think too we hold a lot of emotions in our large joints mm -hmm. yes. and that's why we have the tension that we have and it's why I like yin yoga so much because it opens up the joints and it like releases that connective tissue and often people have like emotional releases or trauma that gets released because we just hold onto it in those joints so tightly especially as Americans I think yeah no that's that's it's a really interesting information because the the expansion on that is there's more than just the physical. Yeah. You know, uh. and, and, and when it comes to things like breast cancer, um, I, I think, I don't know, I just have this like, and you're probably gonna be able to answer this, but like, I, I feel like when you have like sex organ type um, cancers like prostate or, we'll talk about that uh, at some point, um, whatever prostate. November. Is. Uh -huh. is it November? Yes, you have to, Grow a mustache. The, uh, <laughs> Move ember, they call it. it. It's, it's, I think it's a beard, and it's, it's really ugly, and it's great. Um, yeah, that's cool. But I think with like those sex-specific organs, like there's a lot of reasons that they're a target for um, cancer. Yeah. So I, I definitely feel this is something that I had as this theory long before I became a naturopathic doctor. And then now that I've sort of been in the world of it, I just see things that confirm it for me. And that is that many diseases are a physical manifestation 
of what we don't deal with spiritually, mm. mentally, or emotionally. Wow. And that in those realms, if we deal with them, they don't have to manifest physically. But if we ignore them, then they manifest physically where they can no longer be ignored. And when you, when you look at different, Chinese medicine, they have different emotions for different organs. So for the kidneys, it's fear. For the liver, it's anger. It's what it is. <laughs> Not technically an organ. Um, but what I have seen is that many women, including my mother, who had breast cancer, it's why she no longer lives on this planet. I see a lot of women who are constant nurturers to the point of um, overgiving and not caring enough about themselves that when you look at what the breast is for, it's for nurturing and giving sustenance to a newborn baby. But when that's a constant give emotionally and energetically, and you never pull back for what you have your own needs for, I think that's part of where some of the breast cancer can. Would you be at higher risk for breast cancer if you didn't have children and didn't yes. So. Any, anytime you have higher levels of estrogen in the body, then you're potentially increasing your risk of breast cancer. When you're pregnant, your estrogen levels go down and your progesterone levels go up. Same thing while you're breastfeeding. So the more pregnancies you have, the more children you bear, they say the less your risk is. When you're taking constant levels of what I would call microdosing of estrogen through um, birth control pills, you're constantly feeding your body with low levels of estrogen every single day, except for one week out of the month. I think that increases your risk. Um, I think that toxins in general, herbicides, pesticides, plastics, these are all things they're called um, exogenous hormones. So we have endogenous hormones that we make. We have phyto hormones, which are basically plant-based. So things like soy that can act like a soft estrogen. Yes. And then we have exogenous right. hormones, which are chemicals, things that are made in the environment. And so we're constantly exposed to those. Those come in, whether it's in the water, or the water that we drink, the air that we breathe, the food that we eat, um, those all can attach to estrogen receptors and other hormone receptors and instigate a, a higher like replication, if you will, of those cancer cells. So I'm on soy for a second because most people, they think they're not eating a soybean every day, but yet there's soy-based products on the marketplace, like we mentioned a moment ago, like some of the air fresheners. Mm -hmm. um, soybean oil, I'd love to go through the grocery store and see how many products contain soybean oil. And it's so unknown that you wouldn't think it'd be in that, but it is. It's a cheap um, genetically modified yes. now. Uh, it's subsidized by the U.S. government so that you can grow a ton of it. Uh, it's annoying because it's unnecessary that we produce it in such large volumes and it can potentially have an effect. Now, what we talked about recently is fermented soybeans, also known as tofu, um, to a small degree could be ingested and it'd be safe. So you do listen when I talk to you. I, I was listening, <laughs> yes. Um, but my concern is, and this is where a lot of people kind of jumped into the no soy at all, is yeah. um, fermented foods change. So look at every – this is this is kind of cool. Let's go on food for a second. Love food. Um, kimchi today at lunch. 
Mm. Uh, caramelized kimchi. Uh, so kimchi is going to be a fermented food yep. in the Asian culture. Um, in the German culture, they use sauerkraut. Yep. Um, I grew up on a lot of sauerkraut. Not that I'm, I'm, I'm German, but even in my people, they were using it. Um, but it, it's like every culture has that fermentation process. Yeah. And my favorite is wine. Because <laughs> um, Jesus drank it and turned water into wine. I mean, and, and whether I go spiritual or not, but um, the Mediterranean diet, I'm reading more and more. Even the the keto Mediterranean is the hot new thing um, that I'm I'm seeing that has the quickest results to get you back to the line. Yeah. And whether you sustain that or not, because um, the Mediterranean diet has tons of phytonutrients, has so much stuff there. So in, you know, breast cancer awareness, I wish they would have commercials on the benefits of phytonutrients and not another pink ribbon that I have to pay $25 for so that I can buy more drugs for somebody. Um, how about this? How about we start to educate people? If we're going to run ad space, why not run ad space for um, local grocers that can, or solutions, you know, people can eat better, um, reduce their soy. Let's run some awareness campaigns. Susan G. Coleman, let's call this out to her. Once you run breast cancer uh, awareness in a way that actually teaches people what to do in their lifestyle, not just chemotherapy. Empower people, you mean? Yes. yes. I mean, empowerment is something yeah. we've discussed in almost every podcast. Yeah. The idea of this isn't just just listen to a voice. It's do something about it. You know I mean? Well, and so there's so many things that I want to say about what you just said. I mean, the first one being, yes, absolutely. We talked about what you're eating. So I just quickly back on that for one second is when we're looking at, you talked about soy, anything that's genetically modified. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all what's the, what is being subsidized. GMO. GMO, ever, anything corn and anything soy that's yes. not organic is oh, genetically modified. Oh, I think omega-6 too, by the way, which is pro-inflammatory. It is pro-inflammatory, yes. Um, so, all right, so many things to talk about. All right, first of all, I want to talk a little bit more about the toxins that you're ingesting. So looking at staying as organic as you can, there's a few different resources that people can use. The first thing that I recommend is start at the top of the food chain. 30 dozen? That's not at the top of the food chain, but yes, the dirty dozen is one of the things I recommend. So when you, when you start to talk about what if I can only afford certain things organic, Greens. what should I be having organic? Greens. The most important thing to have organic is any animal product that you're eating. Oh, top it's of the food chain. Top of the food chain. I'm thinking about Because when you have a non-organic piece of meat or dairy, they are not only not organic themselves, they've been given antibiotics, which is killing off their microbiome, which is killing off yours. They're given growth hormones, which you then ingest, and that adds to the growth hormones in your own body, which is going to hormonally add growth Wait. to cancer. Wait, you can't cook out You can't cook out growth hormones. Huh. And we wonder why girls are getting breasts at younger and younger ages. Because they are like eating a lot of chicken breasts that are hormonally filled, growth hormone filled. Um, and you're also getting an animal that's eaten from um, non-organic produce, which then gets all those toxins get stored in their fat. And what's the best cut of meat you can get? The fattiest cut of meat. And so it's going to have, yeah, well, that's one. Or, you know, you've got your, um, so eat organic your, bacon. your ribeyes. Or, 
So you really, you want to make sure that any animal product, meat or dairy is organic, number one. Then as you come down the food chain, the next most important thing to be organic is the dirty dozen. So every year, the Environmental Working Group, which you can find at ewg.org, comes out with what's called their Dirty Dozen list. And they test the produce in the country, and they come up with a list of the 12 most contaminated items. And there are some things that are always on that list every year. Strawberries, without fail, will be on the list. Apples, without fail, will be on the list. Thin skin, berries. Thin skin, sweet things, certain berries. Um, berries, strawberries. Yeah, strawberries are always on the list, I know. Red peppers are or any uh, sweet peppers are always on the list. Apples are always on the list. General rule, I don't General know. rule. Thin skin, um, here's a good example of a thick skin, a banana, banana. an avocado, yep. a pineapple. Yep. Don't waste your money there. I, I think if you're going to go 100% and you, and you got deep pockets and you go to a whole paycheck, that's cool. Um, but if you're on a budget, like we were back in college, I remember going uh, vegetarian for a period of time went to um, Whole Foods up in uh, Marietta and it was one of the first Whole Foods. Um, yeah. So it's called Harry's Farmer's Market. Um, and if you went to life, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, they had the best like prepared food, but they had an amazing salad bar. Um, and we would go there and we would eat all these um, fresh veggies and stuff like that because, you know, chiropractors are weird. They like to eat healthy, most of us. Except in Michigan, they're a bunch of fatties. Oh, <laughs> shit, that was crazy. Seriously? I'm a little concerned about this profession because they're getting adjusted, but they're not dealing <laughs> with lifestyle. Off on a tangent. You're funny. I like it. It's, it's fun because it's real. Yeah. And um, we're just people too, but we're having a good conversation. The um, dirty dozen, I think, is really a critical step too because you're right. I mean, the cumulative effect is what people yeah. are not. Just like with 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 another controversial topic I, I released in my secret podcast. Um, is that there's an acute effect of everything, including something that's going to blow your mind when you think about it. But can we just say that cancer in general is high levels of stress? It's doing things with um, without consequence repeatedly every day, like the, the drinking out of a, a, a water bottle. Yeah. That's been sitting in your car, and, that, yeah. and I've done it. I'm yeah. so parched. I'm like, I don't even care. It tastes like plastic. I mean, literally. We yeah. put air fresheners everywhere. We burn soy candles because most candles that are cheap are made out of soy. Um, so now you're making that airborne. Um, you're then putting well, life in the candle smells, people. Maybe you think yeah, it stays in one area of the room. No. Yeah. But um, I think soy is so. I th it's, how, how do I say this? It's like underestimated. So, so let's talk about soy. Yeah, because it's everywhere. So it is everywhere, and it's being used for a lot of things, and there's a lot of unsafe soy. And at the same time, I have so many women who come into my office with breast cancer, and they say, I don't want a single bit of soy in anything that I come in contact with. Number one, that's virtually impossible. Number two, soy actually can have a very protective effect if you're getting the right soy. And what I mean by that is we talked about the exogenous estrogens and the endogenous that we make on our own estrogens, and then we have the phytoestrogens, which are coming from things like soy. When you have an estrogen receptor on a cell and something attaches to it, like estrogen, whether that be what we make from a plant or from a chemical, it activates that receptor, which activates that cell, which tells that cell to turn on and do its job. If it's a healthy cell, great. That's exactly what it's supposed to be doing. If it's a cancer cell, all it's doing is telling it to grow. 
And as we've talked about before, it's just gonna grow and grow and grow. So we wanna minimize the stimulation of these receptors when someone has breast cancer that's especially estrogen receptor positive. Soy as a phytonutrient can attach to those receptors, but very weakly attaches. What that means is it's not really activating or stimulating that receptor in a super strong way, but it's preventing the endogenous hormones that we make or the exogenous estrogens that we're getting from the environment from being able to attach to those same receptors and actively stimulate. So it can help to protect. You just don't want insane amounts of it and you don't want the genetically modified forms. So we're talking about fermented tofu and tempeh and you're having maybe a serving a couple of times a week. You're not becoming what we call um, carbitarians or people who go vegetarian and they and they replace all of their meat products with what's called a soy isolate. Yes. And so any of your garden burgers, the impossible burger, these things are being made out of soy isolates. Soy isolates are chemical soy. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the pure soy, soybeans, um, you know, soy from tofu, tempeh, things like that. So, you know, there's, there's concern for the soy thing, but also don't feel like you have to completely avoid it. Yeah, I think there's a moderation point we can all agree on. I mean, when you look at anything, it's got a benefit in small doses. Yes. So the American mentality is, hey, I'll just do every day of my life. All or none. It's a soy-based um, protein, uh, like so working out, right? You almost feel like a like a like a protein post, shake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Post-workout. Um, so many of them on the market are being sold as health healthy alternatives to you know, whey, which is the other big one out there. So there's like the soy and the whey, basically. Yeah. And they're in yogurts and they're in, you, you name it. I mean, there's a, there's a version of it. There's um, there's soy milk, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, it's not dairy. And I was like, cool, but, you know, they pass the coconut milk and yeah. the milk and the cashew milk yeah. and all of them are healthy. Hemp milk. Yep. There's hemp milk now? Yeah, it's so good. What's that? Oh, you can buy it anywhere. They come in the Tetra Packs. It's delicious. Can buy it anywhere. So I can buy Kroger, Publix. Uh, Kroger does sell it. Yes, and I don't know about Publix. That's for crazy. sure. Sprouts. Pa uh, what's the brand? Pacific. Pacific something is the brand. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, available. Mm -hmm. Might be good for like. Uh, it's protein. great. It's great for protein like shakes. Protein shake. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's let's kind of get a little deeper with soy and back to the omega six. So if soy has higher levels of omega six, that's that's an inflammatory. So, you know, one of the, I wonder, and this is something maybe you can answer, if you're in a constant state of inflammation 24 mm -hmm. seven, mm -hmm. would you be putting yourself at a higher risk of cancer, you think? Of course. Inflammatory states are gonna increase any risk so of disease. For anyone listening, um, when you have inflammation, you typically have pain. Just saying, these are people that we kind of come in contact. I heard here, I heard there. Um, if you're living in a constant state of inflammation because your crappy lifestyle or the stuff you do or eat, you might be increasing your risks of any of the sex-specific cancers that we're going to mention. Any, any cancer. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, not indicative if, of sex-specific. Inflammation it isn't something you just put out with, it, with an NSAID or ibuprofen. I mean, we're talking about chronic exposure to things. The, the omega, this is cool, like flow. I want to start having people do an omega-6, uh, 3-6 index. Yeah. 
So what they would do is they would actually go get a blood test and they would actually see how much levels and what ratio you have. Yeah. Omega-6 is kind of considered the more inflammatory omega-6 and then omega-3 is more the anti-inflammatory, which is why fish oils were very effective. And really we need both. We yeah, need both. Right. The so. problem is that we get plenty of omega-6 in our diet and we Corn. do not get enough omega-6. Corn and soy. And it's that it's that that imbalance that creates the the more pro-inflammatory state that we have, and that's why the omega threes are so important. Because even flax, flax seed, that's, that's omega six, yeah. but that's actually that downregulates estrogen receptors on breast cancer. So that's a healthy thing for a breast cancer patient to be doing. Two tablespoons of fresh ground flax seed a day added to a smoothie or on top of food or whatever, very beneficial, even though it's an omega six. But you have to understand where it's coming from. It's not just the inflammatory component, but it's also what it's doing to those estrogen receptors. So everything, again, like we talked about, everything in balance, everything in moderation, everything in homeostasis. Yeah, I mean, that's well said right there. I mean, what, there's no, there's no benefit of anything on the planet, except maybe being positive. Well, yeah. That gets annoying about like something so so upper. Well, I mean, I, I think there's also a component where you, you did say that, and and it's true. I mean, it's helpful to have the positive attitude, but the reality is, we're all going to go through difficult times. We're all going to have depression. We're all going to have anxiety. I've gone through some life circumstances over the past year that have really shown me what I feel like a lot of my patients might experience. Not to the same degree as having a diagnosis and understanding what that looks like or feels like. But the waking up in the morning and your life circumstances are so present for you that you can't ignore them. Right. And all you want to do is just go back to sleep because you don't know how you're going to move forward. Yep. And it feels overwhelming and completely out of your control. And that feeling of shock in the system and shock in the body, like a PTSD sort of thing. These are things that like, as much as I didn't want to go through them, I'm grateful for the lesson because I feel like it helps me to better understand my patient and to be able to create more of that, that relationship for them. But it, so, so the, the feelings that are real, it's finding ways to manage them and deal with them and have that perspective and that understanding that just because I'm going through this doesn't mean that's my whole life and that I, I can have a positive intention that I can be learning from this, that I can be growing, that this can be a good thing in my life, even though it's one of the most challenging things I've ever experienced. That really happens for me. Yeah. And, um, you know, something that I said before is, you know, that, that windshield is bigger than that rear view for a reason. And yeah. sometimes what's behind us is, is there for a reason yeah. and what's ahead is so big, but we don't realize it we're always looking at the rear view mirror. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I honestly, you know, that's cool that you opened up because, you know, just being real on these podcasts is in a way it, everybody's got their, their shit. Yeah. None of us are perfect, and, and we're talking about this earlier with Facebook. I mean, if you think Facebook is is the perfect harmony, you're fucked. Because <laughs> that's not even real. Have this stage, don't you know? Um, and then it'll edit the hell out of you, because I know, because I've been editing it all week. I told Megan, I said, I'm pretty sure I'm getting kicked off Facebook today. She goes, I'm pretty sure you are too. Oh, that's funny. I don't care anymore. I really don't. Like, like even with the podcast, like I love this format. I think this is going to be the new, the new jam right here because it's nice to have the. It, it's got, uh, you know, number ten. We, we better step it up. But um, you know, I want to appreciate everybody. It was five hundred plus downloads, and I think the the group is growing, the tribe, I'll call it, because when I talk to the producer, he's like, "You got to give it a year. 
you've got to put one year into it um, because you're going to have to have consistency and that every two week consistency is awesome. Um, you know, having great guests like you and, and, and other doctors and, and the goal is to get bigger and, and healthcare providers just in general. So people can have a conversation and actually just hear what other people talk about, because this is, like I said, in, in a very special podcast, um, our voice is our voice and I, I don't, I'm choosing not to edit them, um, except the fact that I'm going to bleep out the <laughs> shit that I say that just got bleeped out. But other than that, um, if you want the unedited versions, just, just send me a direct message. I'll get, I'll get you the, the raw stuff. Um, I think they can fill in the blanks, <laughs> but it's, it's fun to be real about our conversations because people like I said with Annette, I mean, I had to pay a lot of money to listen to her talk. Yeah. And I got her online for free. Yeah. And she was excited about it. I was yeah. like, what the f Really? You don't yeah. even know me. We met at a conference and you want to do a podcast with me? Nice. Um, and, and then we had a great conversation. I know you had a chance to listen to part of it, but it doesn't even matter how good or bad. It's, it's just bringing a different, like our conversation today, I feel like is really about a natural way of living and not the idea that drugs are the answer. And I think it's super cool that we both, I kind of agree and identify with that. It's like, why would I do it? Take a medication. I'm like, whoa, that's like the last thing I want to do. I really think it's just a, a matter of like empowerment and, and mindfulness. I think most people don't know there's another option. And I think that's part of what is our creed is to get out there and share that with people. When you, when you hear a podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, you mean there's an option? I don't have to do this. I don't have to take that drug. And just because I said I would get back to this, like I don't have to get a mammogram, like, but I can still have early detection and prevention. And so that's where the thermography can come into place. Like it's becoming mindful and, and educating yourself and then becoming aware that you have the power to make different choices. And not only are those choices gonna be better for you in your own personal health, but ultimately it's gonna show where we are willing and want to spend our money in healthcare. And we're gonna move further and further away from our current health model, which is not working. I wanna give you an investment advice, and this is to the listeners. Um, where do you wanna invest in your healthcare? On the front end. Yeah, absolutely. Because the back end, means you're paying more. I talked about this before that the studies showing were from five to $8 um, that you prevent for every dollar of prevention. But who cares about money for a second? Just put the quality of life. Oh. I mean, like, so take somebody like my grandfather, he was in his late uh, mid eighties, I think when he passed, um, he had a stroke at 65 was when you retired at 65. Yeah. So 65, I remember it was like, like yesterday and I was a kid, but when he was, um, when he stroked out, he basically went into a coma. And so he spent his retirement after he woke up from his coma, um, in his, uh, lazy boy. Mm -hmm. And I would go over and hang out with him and, and, and like cut his lawn and hang out and watch TV with him and stuff. Cause his retirement was literally, he was, he was a hemiplegic, um, he couldn't move his whole left side of his body. So he had to kind of feed him and dress him and help him. Yeah. And I just remember spending time with him. And I thought as a kid, I was like 10 years old. I was like, I don't ever want anyone to ever, ever, ever feel like this. Like I watched him from six, five, I think he was like mm -hmm. a big, strong guy. He would pick you up and throw you and go fishing with you. And then he just sat there and he yeah. just kind of leaned to the, yeah. to the right because mm -hmm. he had no muscle tone. And I was like, holy shit, that's retirement. Yeah. And, I, and I honestly thought, and I, this is crazy. I don't think I ever told anybody this. Um, 
it scared the hell out of me to the point where like I literally think that's when I started as a kid to like kind of get an idea that I need to get into healthcare because I think I've got a plan ahead. Yeah. And not just deal with it when I get there. Like yeah. I, I watched him almost he was a victim. He didn't know any better. No. But you know what's funny is I analyze their life and I, I do this all the time. Like I look at what we used to eat, how we used to live, things we used to do that could have triggered that, and it was everything. He yeah. had work all day, yep. come home, eat a meal that was all processed food. Yeah. Um, you know, really didn't have a really positive outlook in life. I mean, he was when we were around, but I mean he used to yell at and I think I'm sure my, my parents probably had because um, from like like the old the old times, yeah, you know, yeah. he was a coal miner from West Virginia. Yeah. It's just kind of the, hard on the edges. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way my my, my family lived was very hard. Um, but I saw that and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like sometimes I overcompensate in that area, but it's not really a problem to overcompensate when it comes to your health, whether that's putting a little extra money in your grocery cart or you know, get a chiropractic adjustment or a massage or you know that what we call self care is a is a necessity, not a luxury because we don't take care of ourselves too, it's too late. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like a spa experience. You can get your hands and your hair and nails and you feel you feel better. Yeah. And that's good. I think that's important. I think if you feel like a good self part of that mental emotional yeah. self-worth. I mean I, I got a haircut, I feel a lot better. I put a few bucks in and I feel like I look cleaner. I feel like I'm a different person. Um had to buy a suit for a wedding in March and I was like, okay, I need a new black suit. But like when I when I put the suit on, I was like, I feel like a million bucks. Yeah. And when it comes to things in your life, sometimes you want to splurge a little bit, but when it makes you feel good and it makes life better and, and the quality of your life goes up, I, I think it's well worth the investment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just the, the, the luxuries as people say, but like when you get off a massage table, I mean, your brother's a massage therapist. Yeah. How good do you feel after that? Unbelievable. Exactly. And then if you get off an adjustment table or yeah. a massage table, um, and when you eat a clean meal and when yesterday. you go to the grocery store yeah. and you eat something super clean and you make it at home by yourself or, or with your family and everything is clean and fresh and you know where it came from and you know the ingredients and you can tell that it's feeding you and feeding your cells and feeding your soul. It's yeah. yeah I, my, my thing right now and I told you this earlier is um, like I'm trying to do a few days a week where I'm doing completely plant-based yeah. eating. And, and it's so funny. Like yesterday, energy was way up. Today, yeah. I had meat. I was like, I want to go home take a nap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good. And, and pay and, attention to your joints, too, because usually they are a little more achy the morning after you've had some meat products, specifically beef. I like cruise my uh-huh. There you go. All and right. and battle style. Uh-huh. Um, no, but I mean. Uh, or CBD. CBD. That's a good <laughs> one. That's, that's a good conversation we can have. So CBD with breast cancer, um, mm. is it good or bad? It's great. It's okay. great. And I, I, so CBD in general, as you know, I'm not going to, you know, ever talk down on any cannabinoids. If, and if you're just listening for the first time, you want to rewind back to podcast number two, uh, where Dr. Kennedy gets in deep with, uh, the CBD, um, understanding and, and just the philosophy behind it and the chemistry and all that fun stuff. So check that out. That's definitely a good podcast. Uh, I feel like at number 10, we need to kind of summarize a little bit Yeah. because we've had a few different people on and um, I don't want to get too out of hand or I don't remember things. Um, <laughs> it, not that way. In a way of, um, I remember my roots. Uh, I, I remember I grew up and it was, it's funny. I'm going to kind of get nostalgic for a second. It was, um, Last week I was in Michigan and I actually had uh, lunch with my parents and I see my grandmother. She's 91. Uh, love her to pieces. She's from Ukraine. So like 
when I say my people, that's the people I'm, yeah. I'm referencing. Yeah. So for anyone listening, um, I grew up, my, my grandparents were immigrants, um, and I've learned a really hard way of living because, um, Megan and I were talking about this today. You know, when I was like distracted or out in public, like I am right now, I'm going to wait on the tangent. My mom, would <laughs> hand me, my mom would hand me a book. That was our cell phone. That was our, uh-huh. our digital pacifier. She's yeah. like, here's your book. You need to finish your pages. And, and we had to read and like, I remember the book club and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think it'd be this smart. I don't think Dr. Kenya would be smart <laughs> just staring at um, apps and Minecraft and, and bullshit. But where I was going with this is I went by the hospital I was born at. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself in that brief moment, that's the first hospital I was in. Yeah. Okay. I've only been to a hospital twice in my life. I'm 41. I'm doing okay. And the first one um, was stitches mm-hmm. because my, my best friend cut my toe open with a fishing knife. Um, thank you, by the way, Jill. I'm I got you back, though. I cut, I cut your hand with a Swiss Army knife. Um, and he needed stitches for that. He was pissed. <laughs> Oh my God. So the second one, I was in the hospital for a dislocated shoulder. So where I'm going with this conversation is I've only been in the hospital three times. And trauma. All, all three were trauma. By the way, birth is a trauma. Look it up in the medical textbook. Um, that's why I adjust children. And when people ever ask, like, yeah. why would you ever oh, adjust a child? Oh, they need that. Why somebody pull oh. out a child by their head? And there's no muscle tone. There's yeah. no ligaments. Um, your C1, your C2, your top two vertebrae get subluxated and that cuts off white force because, by the way, that's where your brainstem is. Brainstem is what feeds your body, so we wonder why kids have colic. Um, it's the youngest body that you've ever adjusted. Two days. Awesome. Bailey was her name. If she, I ever have one, that's happening. Bailey. <laughs> Bailey was her name. She was, um, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. anybody I know that, that has kids, I, I have Two day old. So, awesome. so Bailey came in and mom <laughs> and dad said, we have this two-day-old baby that has torticollis, and I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. One year in practice, and I'm like, Wow, one year. So here we are, and uh, it was pretty interesting because top it off, mom and dad were both police officers in uniform, guns on our side. I mean, talk about, like, stress. stress. Your, your daughter's <laughs> two, two days old. She can't turn her head. Mom and dad are in uniform, literally, like, old for the past, and I'm like, and dad's, like, six Oh, he's no. like a big dude. Yeah, and don't. his wife's like no room Crack her neck and <laughs> so but you know if if you're wondering what uh, what we do for children is about the pressure of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um and instantly her head turned. Horicolis uh-huh. is when the the head will not turn stuck to one side. Imagine having a pinched nerve, some people call it your head stuck and will rotate or move. Um a two day uh, two day old baby and to top it all off, um, she had one of the most common fractures you get as a child, mm. which is a clavicle fracture. Mm-hmm. So Come what's forceful that. enough, and the reason I bring that up is because what's forceful enough to break a child's bone can subluxate their neck. Absolutely. So if you're listening and you have little ones, the sooner the better. Yeah. Um, a qualified chiropractor, she was comfortable with it, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Pediatric certification, but like I now I love kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I how many I saw this morning, it was ridiculous. Um, and yesterday, just like this whole week. So anyways, the, uh, the cats that are meowing, they get adjusted too. Um, I had a roommate in college, he adjusted cats because he took some special classes and stuff. But, you know, it's funny, this is a way tangent. This won't probably be on this podcast. <laughs> animals getting adjusted is... is we have our story. own podcast on that. True story. Um, yeah, and, and I'll talk to... Uh, maybe, maybe we can do an open call with Lyle um, because Lyle's horses get adjusted. 
that was a pretty fun conversation I had after I had stopped recording with him. Um, we talked about his horses and his horse farm. He was actually on his way to the vet. He was like having an emergency situation. Really? He's like, I'm going to call you. I'll be in the truck in a minute. And I was like, this dude's like a superman. Uh-huh. Like, he's on his way to save his horses and medication. And he's doing a podcast to save chiropractors. Anyways, so we went off on a way tangent today. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, I think that the, the forecast for what's ahead with the podcast is going to be uh, expect the unexpected like Big Brother. Um, that's a TV show if you don't listen and if you don't watch TV. But you know, the funny thing is I don't want it to be the same. I want it to be wondering what's next, um, whether it's the guest or the topic or the random tangents. Um, I think more than one person learned something today. Uh, myself. That's one person, Kenna's one person, um, at least one listener out there. But, you know, the cool thing about what's ahead, though, to be honest, is we're going to continue to bring new and direct information of ways that you can stay healthy. With Advance Your Health, what I want to happen is it almost becomes uh, an ongoing conversation of what can I do better and, and not just a finite place in my life where – that's as good as it's going to get. I always tell patients, you can always do better. Um, it's not just on the field or when you're playing a sport. Um, in life, can I have eaten better today? Yes. Will I eat better next week? Absolutely. Monday, um, after the birthday weekend, it's going to be a, a pretty crazy time. Um, so I'm going to hit the liver support really hard. Um, I'm going to do some, um, not just liver support, but uh, just clean up the diet get into some situations where I'm increasing my supplements to help aid my inflammation. Uh, because I'll be honest with you, if you ever uh, have a birthday party and you have some fun, then you probably feel it the next day. But what you can do after that is, uh, is this, is just change your lifestyle. Back to the line, get back on the line. With breast cancer, you know what? There's so many things we talked about today, I don't even know how to summarize it other than you know, lifestyle is a big part of it. Would yeah, you agree? Absolutely. So it's not just the BRCA gene, like Annette and I talked about. I mean, there's no more people with the gene. It's just that there's more people with breast cancer because of lifestyle. Um, as I mentioned with that conversation, it's the fish tank. The fish tank's dirty. Yeah. You know, don't don't kill the fish. Don't throw them out. Um, don't pump drugs in the water. Just clean the fish tank. Clean the environment that your body's in. And so whether you're in chemicals, whether you're in aromatics, whether you're ingesting it, you're in health food products that have too much soy. And we talk about that a lot, but I, I kind of feel like that's a big one that most people are overlooking. Well, and, and think about too what you're putting on your skin. Oh, that's a good point. Because yeah. skin is something, I mean, things absorb very quickly and easily into the skin. And we look at what women do from a, a skin care perspective, from a makeup perspective, and the amount of artificial flavorings, colorings, scents, the the chemicals, the parabens, all these things that are in all of the skincare, that's highly toxic and not good for the immune system shampoo. and carcinogenic shampoo as well. So use your natural products. Use coconut oil instead of the lotion. Use essential oils as your fragrances instead of these, you know, chemicalized perfumes. Use things that are coming from a natural source and that are organic and that are gluten-free and that are soy-free and that are not exposing you to unnecessary, um, not just toxins, but also um, the, what are they called? Preservatives, the parabens and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at it. I have a quick little story. I had a naturopathic doctor sort of 
person that I went to see with my mom when she had breast cancer and she pulled down a bag from the top of her countertop that was a McDonald's bag and out of it she pulled a hamburger and french fries and she opened them up and they looked like a McDonald's hamburger and McDonald's french fries and she proceeded to tell me that they were over two years old and you could not see a bit of mold nothing had degraded everything looked exactly as if you had just purchased it 15 minutes previously at the store those are preservatives and when you eat that that's what goes into your body and into your cellular structure and no wonder we are toxic and create cancer in our body that's what we're feeding ourselves that's not feeding yeah no that's that's a whole that's chemicalizing it's a whole new product <laughs> Food, and I'm going to define it very simple, is what comes out of the earth. Yes. Anything else is processed. Um, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. The overlooking of daily exposure to just like potential threats. So the idea that we'll kind of close with is this. We talked about epigenetics before. Yeah. So if, if you want to sit down at the end of the day and blame genetics, Okay, that's cool. Let me let me give you just a little backstory on the epigenetics. When it is hereditary, that means you need to step up your game and live and improve your lifestyle yeah. even more to minimize that because risk. that light switch is more likely to get turned on. Yes. So if it does run in the family, be more cautious with your lifestyle. Be more um, aware of your daily exposures. I, I think that's something that, like for example, switching to a natural toothpaste. If there's some chemicals in your toothpaste yeah. you're putting in your mouth. We talked about the tongue, um, you know, being yeah. a huge area where you absorb um, a lot of different things. But if it's something you use every day and you're putting it at risk to stop, and that will be money well spent because it is more expensive to use preservative free stuff. Yeah. But how expensive is cancer? Oh, yeah, it's bankrupting most families. So, how about this? If, if you don't spend it now, your family's going to have to go bankrupt because of your dumbass. And isn't your future more important than the the five extra cents for your good toothpaste? Apparently not to some people. I mean, you're, it, you're... Here's why. Here's why. And this, I'm going to use the, the simple logic. I'll get to be able to retire faster than you're my grandfather. And you spend 65 to 85 after stroke. And do you know how many people have major health incidents when they retire? Because they no longer have a purpose, and then their body just shuts down. And your grandfather was a case in point. No, he's. And my father as well. He stroke out of work. My he, my dad, same thing. Two months before he retired, yeah, he was getting a liver transplant. Oh wow, wow, um, yeah. So there's <laughs> a lot of interesting. A lot of things that happen there. Um, when you start to look at under a microscope your your family's life. And, and just being transparent, I think, with, with Dr. Ken and I and, and sharing with you listeners is that our family has kind of helped us in a way that allow us to be better doctors and more observant. But you don't have to be a doctor to be observant and look at your own family and life. And if your family, your mom, your sister, your sibling has breast cancer, just look at the stuff they're doing different than you are and maybe try and change a few things because I know – between my brother and I, we have different lifestyle, but I see his health more concerned. So I want to live differently so I don't have, because he's got more of the genetic expression of my mom and dad. Mm. And that's pretty scary because it's there. Like, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm like, that light switch is like, 
almost ready to turn on, so I have to be yeah. careful what I do. That's yeah. why you can have fun and enjoy life, but um, you know, afterwards you got to get back to the wine and, and just uh, get your life back in the direction it needs to go. Um, this went a little long today, but you know, I hope everybody enjoyed what they heard. If you uh, need to pause it and listen to it again, I completely understand because there's a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, rounding out October, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is just that, it's awareness, but awareness is not going to prevent it. So why don't you do something, and I'm going to be bold and just call you out. And if you're not doing some of the things we told uh, or talked about today, um, just take it to heart and just start to look at areas you can improve. Um, if you do nothing, you're going to become a statistic. So why not do something so you don't have to? Uh, and do it for you. If not for you, do it for your family. And I think you'll be really excited about that. So this is uh, number 10. We're going to keep going until we hit 100. And if that takes years, that's fine. I'm, I'm down. Oh, and I will be with you when the darkest winter comes. Oh, and I will be with you to feel California's sun. Oh, and I